Hello and welcome to episode number 436 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. This week and for the next few weeks, different members of the Smart Bitches team are gathering in groups across a whole lot of time zones to look back at the books and shows and other pieces of media that got us through 2020 and to look ahead to 2021. Everyone brings a question to ask, so we're going to have different questions in each episode. In this one, Ellen, Elise, and Tara and I talk about books, the quarantines, Zoom exhaustion, coping methods, and you can tell me if you think I'm right about this, I'm pretty sure I stumble onto a new unexplored possibility in fanfic. But you can let me know if you think I'm wrong about that. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. And tell me, no, actually, I already wrote that fanfic, which would be awesome if you did, so definitely do that. (laughs) If you are looking for a new podcast to try, might I suggest Boobies and Newbies? Hey, everybody. It's Kelly, host of Boobies and Newbies, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Every episode, I invite a romance-reading newbie to read and review their very first romance novel, alongside me, a self-proclaimed romance novel addict. We're talking everything from bisexual pegging. We need more (laughs) pegging on TV. We need it in books. We need it in real life. We need to talk about it. To the deepest intricacies of relationships. It really is like we're fighting for us. Like we're, let's fight. We cover it all. Find and follow us on social media at Boobies Podcast and catch up on previous episodes on your favorite podcast streaming platform. I will have links in the show notes at, you know the URL, smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, where you can find Boobies and Newbies or just search for it wherever you are listening to this podcast, unless you're actually listening to it on the website, in which case, hello, thank you, how are you? Nice to see you today. This podcast is brought to you by Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app that I love. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you are feeling overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. If you need help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions for all of their members, and Amanda loves these. For parents, there's morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I am still working through the course on managing anxiety, and I've also tried the wake-up, which is a daily unique meditation for each morning. The course on anxiety has helped me immeasurably. I'm able to sort of identify when I feel anxious, how it makes me feel physically, emotionally, and then gain a little distance so that I can keep myself calm and content. I really like this app. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. And I have to say, this one really works for me. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Sarah. That's headspace.com slash Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, for one free month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal available right now. Head to headspace.com slash Sarah today. I have a compliment in this episode. I love this so much. This compliment is for Barb P. You are more charming and entertaining than a gathering of 18 baby goats wearing seasonal turtleneck sweaters. Even without the sweaters. If you would like a compliment of your very own, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges begin at $1. Every pledge helps support the show, keep us going, and make sure that every episode has a transcript and is accessible to everyone. Thank you again to our Patreon community for being awesome, and thank you, Barb P. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. And hello, I have a coupon. That's my favorite part of these spots. There's coupons. Give yourself or someone you love the gift of stress-free, easy dinner prep with HelloFresh. HelloFresh offers convenient no-contact delivery to your doorstep, which means fewer trips to the store, which I appreciate in the quarantines. The recipes in HelloFresh are easy to follow with simple steps and pictures, and they don't take more than about 30 minutes. 
The meals are delicious and there is a ton of variety. They offer more than 20 chef-crafted options every week to choose from. Over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from growers and you can try new meals and make weekday evenings feel special. HelloFresh also pays attention to sustainable practices, which I totally dig. They are the first global carbon-neutral meal kit company, and the packaging that HelloFresh uses to ship your food is made almost entirely from recyclable and or already recycled content. I still have ours because I'm pretty sure that I can use every piece of that box again, plus the freezer packs. Now, I have tried three of HelloFresh's most popular meals, and the firecracker meatballs were our favorite. I also like... The reminder that mashed potatoes are great and I should eat them more often. And like I said, my son totally loved being in charge of dinner. If you would like to take a look at the awesome deal they've got, go to hellofresh.com slash trashybooks80 and use code trashybooks80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash trashybooks80 or use code trashybooks80 to get 80% off, including free shipping. Yay, free shipping! As you might imagine... We're going to talk about a lot of books, but fear not, they're all in the show notes. So let's do this podcast with Ellen, Elise, and Tara. It's really nice to be able to talk like face-to-face almost. Yeah. Although, Tara, I imagine you're Zoomed out. You do like five Zooms a day, right? Uh, not on Sundays. So that's okay. <laughs> Wait, so just one on Sundays and it's just uh, us? Uh, yes. Today is just you. Uh, tomorrow, I think I have six. On Wednesday, I have more than 10. Ugh. I'm in a company with a heavy meeting culture and on a team with an especially heavy meeting culture. I've started blocking my afternoons so I can get work done. I know those feelings. <laughs> Please tell me these meetings aren't each an hour because that means your workday is like 12 and a half hours long. No, no. Some of them are half an hour. But when you have them stacked back to back... Yeah, you have you have to, you have no transition time. No. Oh, like I'm I'm actually a little <laughs> nauseous on your behalf right now. I get real tired by the end of those days because I'm also um, an introvert with how I process information. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Is it also being an introvert? Is it just me, or did you guys notice that, like the Zoom meetings, that is way more draining than meeting in person? Yes. which surprises me. Yeah, because everybody can look at everyone's face at the same time. There's not. There's no break in the eye contact. What is happening in a in a group meeting? People are not all staring at everyone at the same time. At least for me, I find that to be very part of what makes it so draining. What I found helps a lot is that you can actually hide your self view on Zoom if you okay. like. So you can look at everybody else, but then you don't have the cognitive load of paying attention to your own behavior. And that makes what is and what is my hair doing and why does my face look like that? Right. I also read that there is a cognitive depletion in the fact that I can see you and I can hear you and I have some of my senses aware of your presence, but the subliminal senses are not aware of your presence because you're not physically here. So there's no um, air current from your breath. There's no temperature change based on whether a person is. And so your brain on a subliminal level is very confused and it creates a sort of a cognitive dissonance of wait, there's people here, but there's not people here. There's people here, but there's not people here. And that depletes you faster. And I don't know if that's true for everybody, but I definitely think it's true for me. Well, and then there's the extra load of, oh, something's wrong with my internet or your internet. And mm-hmm. like when you're having to deal with that, like things cutting in and out. Oh, that's the worst. All right. So tell me, Elise, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Is there a book or a piece of media that got you through 2020? So my 2020 contribution was um, not a book. It was actually getting one of my coworkers hooked on romance novels. Oh, nice. And it got to the point too where like, we use Teams, Microsoft Teams, and she and I were chatting about romance novels, and then she accidentally sent a message for me to my boss. So <laughs> it was safe for work, but still, I got her into romance, and she has been devouring books, and we get to talk about them, and that's just amazing. Was there one particular book that really like that, that really hooked her, or is it a particular genre? She fell down the Sylvia Day Crossfire trilogy is most well, five books now, isn't it? 
she she liked that. She likes um I would say like more intense contemporary stuff, not so much like historical, but so angsty contemporary sex books. Yes, correct. Nice. Isn't it lovely when you figure out what's gonna work for somebody, even if it's not the thing that works for you, like, oh, I know exactly what you're gonna like. Oh yeah. And then when an I see uh, you know, free books or books on sale and stuff, passing along links and stuff. Oh so yeah. That's awesome. Well done. Thank you. Ellen, what about you? What what got you through 2020? So normally I'm not actually much of a contemporary romance reader, but something about how like abnormal like daily life was this year a little bit made me enjoy contemporary romance a lot more than I normally do. Um so one major one that just like really helped get me through 2020 is Rafe by Rebecca Witherspoon. It was just so wholesome and like soothing and just like, I was like, oh, I just need to read about like people like being normal and like having a good time and being like emotionally intelligent in 2020. So that's my pick. And hot competence caretaking is a very specific flavor of caretaking, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. He can do your hair and he can make quiche. Like, come on, who doesn't want that? Right? Yes. I was like, oh, yes, just give me this fantasy man. I mean, he probably makes better crust than, better, better pie crust than I do. And that's not really saying much because I hate pie crust as my nemesis. But like a guy <laughs> who's fluent in quiche and in, and in child behavior and in like, full home competency like oh that's nice that's so lovely. like i will do all the day home stuff so you can go do outside the home stuff you love to see it it's so good right awesome pick all right tara where are you are you in tatooine i am in tatooine <laughs> you know i love that you figured that out my um well the first time my vice president saw this um, she said, is that Tibet? And I just started laughing. <laughs> ah, yes. I, I've, I'm, remo- I'm working really remotely right now. Like you have no idea. Thank you for the flexible work arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what's your book? What got you through 2020? Uh, so I think one of the things that actually got me through 2020 was stepping outside of what I usually read. Um, so I usually, you know, obviously read FF romances. That's most of, uh, what I end up reviewing. And this year, um, I kind of hit my wall and was like, I'm so tired of this being all that I read. Um, and so one of the, I'm not going to pick one of these books, but like one of the good things was finding YA fantasy, first of all, because I think for the same reason, Ellen, you were just talking about, like, it's just so different. It does not reflect this world. And so there's none of that tension. I'm not reading about crowds and saying, oh my God, stop doing that. You're all going to die of COVID. Um, But the book that actually literally got me through some of the roughest um, spots was Shit Actually by Lindy West. I mean, I love Lindy West anyway, but that book was a goddamn gift. Like, what a perfect year um, to have it released. And I didn't go into it with a lot of expectations, except that I thought it would be reviews of movies (laughs) and it's not that at all it's recaps of movies which is so much better than reviews um and there were some of those some of them I laughed until I was literally like weeping and shaking and it was just the funniest thing um like the one for the notebook had a couple of real good ones. The one for Twilight, I didn't like these movies. And so it was amazing. I hated this. This is awesome. Yeah. And then it was funny because I, when I got to the end, I went back to the introduction. I read the introduction again. And actually the introduction made me cry um, when I read it at that point, because she talks about how um, she wrote, like she finished the, the book during the first six weeks of the COVID lockdown. And when she had pitched the book initially, she never imagined that it would be released in a time when movie nights with friends are not a thing. And so she hoped that people picking it up would feel like they were having a movie night with a friend. And I was just like, that's exactly what I feel like. But it was like, you know, when when RBG died and I felt like there was no hope 
for anything. Like that was a real, real bad, like that was a real bad day. That was Um, a pretty shitty evening. Right. I haven't felt the crushing cascade of despair like that in a couple of years, but oof. No. So that was like, I was reading a few that night. I was reading them through the summer when like we were agonizing over, do we send our kids into school or do we do the online option? It didn't like, so I could close out those days just with like some laughter and to let that stress out of my body. And so that's a book that I feel like I really almost owe a lot to because I'm just so grateful for it. That is really lovely to be able to be able to process all of that stress knowing you have this laughter outlet that you can read in pieces because it's essays mm-hmm. they're they're in discrete sections so it's not like you have to put it down and miss the next scene or figure out what happened it's all separate exactly so I would save it for good t- for like good days and the last two I actually read on the night of was there only one um debate between Trump and Biden there was two yeah so I think it was during the actual one like during that day. And I was like, I cannot pay any attention to this. And so I just finished that book (laughs) that day. And it was really the right choice. I was very happy about that. You make good choices, Tara. Thank you. I try. I don't always, but I try. So can I ask you a super nosy question? Of course. I need you to represent all of Canada. I'm just kidding. I I want you to just recommend your... (laughs) No, I'll do both. I can can muster that audacity. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So what is it about our politics that upset you personally? Because you, I mean, you're you're a single citizen, right? You're a Canadian citizen, or are you yeah. a dual, dual citizen? No, I'm no, I'm a single citizen. My fun fact: my family, my people have been in Canada for like more than three hundred years. Um, so yes. we have a lot of new immigrants. Like actually, my husband Neil, he moved here when he was a little boy. Um, but my family has been here before Canada was a country. So you have no moose in our fight. No, but I'd like to send one every so often. Listen, I've seen moose. They will fuck you up. Right? Well, if you would like me to direct the moose to the points of like greatest impact, just tell them to come to me and I'll tell them where to go. They can hang out in my garage. I will be the way station of the moose attack. front. (laughs) All right. So I love how we're coordinating an international attack of moose. Mm -hmm. But what is it about our politics that, that is that, that you're very invested I would say, speaking for all of my people first and then myself specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, anything somewhere Trudeau Uh, is vaguely annoyed and he doesn't know why. (laughs) uh, Well, first of all, we can't, we actually can't avoid it. It's true. We are rather annoying that way. It's not just Canadians. It's the whole world was paying attention because there's also like really massive implications. Like the United States is our greatest trade partner. And for, I suppose um, for me, I also grew up uh, like right in a border region. Mm. I My parents live a 30 minute drive from the Windsor Detroit border. Um, oh. so I, I am, I am bilingual in temperatures, <laughs> but on a, on a more personal level, um, why I was so invested is actually, I do have some family that live in the United States. I have a lot of friends that mm-hmm. live there. Um, you know, I've been even before coming and being a part of, of this team um i've been a professional reviewer for a while and have made mm-hmm. a lot of friends in the less fit community um, and like really good friends and people that i've gone and spent time with and it was deeply disheartening to know that there's a huge risk that many of them might have their marriages dissolved that it's going to be easier for them to get fired at work that it's yeah. going to be harder for them to get access to their hormones Um, and also it's not just the U S that's been tilting towards fascism and worry about when is it Canada's turn and what do I have to worry about for my kids who Mm -hmm. both identify pretty firmly as girls at the moment still, but what if, you know, one of them tells us someday that they're trans, what if one of them wants to have an abortion and then that turns into not a thing. I live in a province where our premier, which is basically the equivalent of a governor, mm-hmm. desperately wants to be a Republican governor and acts that way. We have the worst COVID incidents in the country right now and he's hailing it as a great success. And I'm like, motherfucker, what are you doing? <laughs> like, how can you even say it? Like, what planet are you on? These are the numbers. Why do we have the same daily numbers as a province that has four times the population? Yes. So it's kind of that like 
I don't want Canada to go that way. And I don't want the United States to go that way because I want my friends and family to be safe. It's really interesting because when you were talking about how devastated you were when Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, my first thought was, oh my gosh, me too. Wait, wait a minute. I know. Wait a minute. You're, you're Canadian. You have a nice buffer from that. But one thing about being connected the way we are is we don't have a buffer from caring about other people. But also it, it actually makes me feel like cared for to know how many people outside of the U S are deeply caring about what happens to us. Because I mean, we're, we're acting like we don't care what happens to us, which is not the actual case, but it looks that way from the outside. It was very disheartening and disempowering paying attention to your election because not only could I, did I not have a vote, um, but also it's illegal for me to donate to other people's campaigns. And the night RBG died, I rage donated all the rewards money that I had in my workplace giving software, um, which was like more than $400. I I donated it all to the ACLU because I thought, well, they at least fight for voting rights. Yeah. So it's kind of that like, right. It's like, what could we do? (laughs) Thank you for looking after us. I appreciate that. Trying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, I mean, listen, we might need to come, come sneak into your backyard and have some like poutine and, we can make that happen. Yeah, we might just oh, have to oh. have like a little smart bitch's tent in the yard. <laughs> building the extension. Yeah. Hello. Um, I was going to ask, but like for me this year, definitely struggling to read, which is crazy because that's like my comfort thing, right? And like I, my brain is just mashed potatoes. I struggled to read things that I hadn't read before. I didn't have the brain energy to build a whole new thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. But when you have been able to read, have you been able to read like a novella or something you've read before or something in audio? Because I would have to switch formats a lot to keep my brain engaged. I found like novellas were helpful. I probably read the Murderbot series like 11 billion times. Oh yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like mentally cannot just kind of feel like shut off if that makes sense it does what i've been doing is um it's been rare that i can read a book from beginning to end um and so i reverted back to my typical reading state when i was growing up which is that i've just been constantly bouncing between books so it's taking me forever to finish a book and i can tell i really like something when i'm compelled to continue reading it and not put it down and switch to the next thing and so i have at any given time there's like romance, three different kinds of nonfiction, <laughs> um, something, one of those YA fantasies probably, and then two books going in audio at any given time. Yeah, I've been having like new sort of like intense anxiety about like picking the next book I'm going to read. Like it just oh, yeah, agonizing decision. And I don't know if it's like part of because like psychologically I'm just like in that doom space where there's some subconscious thought that's like, what if this is the last book I ever read, which is kind of dark. No pressure. Good heavens, Ellen. (laughs) Yeah. But like, so I have a lot of anxiety over like picking the next book, even though I'm like, Oh, I have all these books from the library. I have all these books in my Kindle and I like want to read them all in theory, but just the thought of like picking one is just really hard sometimes. Um, So mostly who I've been dealing with that is I've been, like reading a lot of series because there's a natural kind of like, Oh, I want to know what happens next. Like I sort of know what I'm getting into. Um, and I'm not like actually usually that big of a series person either, but I'm like, it, it's like keeping me, it makes it easier to just pick what to read next. That makes a lot of sense. I I have probably read Murderbot 10, 15 times. If I can't fall asleep and I need something to read, I just go back to that. And it, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Ellen, I'm a scared with the pressure of my next book. I totally have that feeling, but also what if the things that I'm rereading stop working, then I'm totally screwed. Like that's it. I'm doomed. That's a big scare. That's an evil voice in your head telling you that. (laughs) Right. That's, that's a new anxiety voice that I did not anticipate for 2020, but apparently that's, I have a reading anxiety voice now, which is great. Mm -hmm. Super Mm -hmm. wonderful. Appreciate it a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, I straight up just deleted my Goodreads challenge. 
like I, yeah I'm not even gonna try this here oh I don't I, I I don't think any challenge unless it's gonna give you incredible joy is is worth keeping up with like no. I've seen a couple people tweeting about this and I, and I'm and I'm sort of on the fringes of my building rage like it, you're soon gonna hear people talking about how you need to you know lose the quarantine pounds and lose Ugh. the quarantine and I'm like I'm gonna set shit on fire. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. Screw challenge. Screw all of this. Do what you want with your quarantine pounds. Nurture them. Comfort them. Oh, yes. Whatever. Put put them in fleece-lined leggings is my recommendation. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Put them in more comfortable clothes. Who cares? I so agree. I so agree. Elise, was that your question for all of us? That was my question for all of you. That was a good question for all of us. Thank you. All right, Ellen, what question do you have for us? Yeah, my question is, what is a new um, book, or not book, what is a new author or series that you have discovered in 2020, new to you? It doesn't have to actually be new. My whole brain is like a Friends episode. The one with the thing that has the stuff, I actually have to pull up my reading spreadsheet because otherwise I never remember anything, so somebody else has to go first. (laughs) So for me, it was, and I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, Anne Aguirre. Anne Aguirre, yeah. Like beginning of this year, and this feels like it was a lifetime ago, I picked up Strange Love by her. And it is a alien romance with a talking dog in it. And this book is just amazing. And um, she just released another one, Bitter Burn, that I read in one day, which was like the most amazing Beauty and the Beast retelling, where beauty actually gets like agency and that her purpose isn't just to not be shallow and overlook the beast. Like she's got magical powers and there's the whole gothic castle thing. It was just great. I'm going to roll with a TV series um, because I did not manage to get onto any series. I'm kind of the opposite of uh, the rest of you in the sense that the pressure of a series is too much. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's TV, apparently. And um, that's how I normally am. Normally I'm like too many books, not interested. Right? Is this your time? Right. And now I'm like, wow, I can get all five books in one ebook from the library. Let's just eat that whole book in one gold. Also, at the same time, I don't feel like I can fully talk about these two separately. This was also the year that I discovered the joy of edible cannabis because go Canada. Cheers, mate. Right. So um, at first I started watching baking shows with it and then realized while it's funny, uh, baking and baking, that is a really bad (laughs) choice. So um, I was like, I need to find something else. And I fell into the RuPaul's Drag Race rabbit hole. I had never watched any of it before. My brother and his wife are massive fans. And he said, skip the first season, start with the second season and then go. Um, And I did. I'm in season 12. I've watched all the seasons of All Stars. And I just have the UK, Canada and Holland left to watch. And it's been amazing i have so many drag queens that i love now and but also some of rupaul's advice has been so helpful and stuff that like you hear it and you're like well that makes sense but it's like sometimes you hear it and then like you actually hear it like right in your heart and so Mm -hmm. the one for me was probably i think it was last month and i got to an episode where he said to i can't even remember which queen it was because i've just been watching this show for four months (laughs) Um, but he told one of them, uh, repeat after me, what other people think of me is none of my business. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So good. I had never heard it, heard it put like that before, but I was just like, wait, wait, what? And then I backed it up and I listened to it again. I was like, oh shit. And I say it to myself all the time. Now, when I start to worry if, you know, this particular coworker thinks I'm not good at my job, who cares? I don't have to care what they think about me, even if that's true. And it's probably not. And it's just been the best. It's just been the best thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a little ironic that the advice is being given on a show where they're judged. Well, that is hilarious. (laughs) Nobody else can see, but my little Shangela Funko Pop showed up. Here she is. Isn't she the cutest? 
I I've started occasionally making imp, imp, impulse I've impulse purchases while high, and that was one of them. But I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in part of your advice for 2020, you would say edible can cannabis, baking shows, drag yeah. race, Funko Pop, always. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Ellen, do you have an author that you discovered this year? So. This year, I've gotten really into sports, anime, and comics. Oh, goodness. You have good choices ahead of you. Yeah. So um, one sort of one new to me uh, author series um, is the Fence comic book series by C.S. Picot and Joanna the Mad. And so it's, it's clearly very manga inspired, but it's like, western um western comic book series about um like a a sort of down on their luck fencing school and like these two fencing rivals um in the school and it's like very like touching and like homoerotic and competitive and I love all those things about sports sports stuff I'm assuming you've seen Yuri on Ice Oh, yes. That was what kind of like started. That led you down the rabbit hole? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there are so many good things there. Like you have so much ahead of you to enjoy. Oh, yeah. My my brother's already told me that now I need to watch Haikyuu. So. All right. So I have been looking at my list of books I read this year and I've narrowed it down to three. Good job, me. All right. So one of the authors I discovered this year um, I discovered at the very beginning of the Quarantimes, and uh, she died in 1995. So it's, it was a bit of a late discovery. I'm, I'm really not on any kind of bandwagon here. I'm, I'm, I'm real late. I started reading the Brother Cadfile Mysteries because they're in Kindle Unlimited by Ellis Peters. I loved it because all of a sudden I was in medieval Wales, and shit was really hard in medieval Wales. And it was very comforting to be in medieval Wales while the beginning of the pandemic was happening around me and my, you know, my, my old schools were closed and everything was closed. We didn't know what was happening. And um, it's really comforting to read medieval Wales murder mysteries. I couldn't possibly tell you why, but it was super comforting. That, um, uh, they made that into a TV series too. I know. I've, I've been saving it in the in, in case of emergency. So the other um, author I discovered this year, again, I'm real late on this bandwagon, would be Martha Wells. Yeah, real late on that. Real, real, I'm very tardy. I'm going to get sent to detention on this one. But wow, this is the perfect discovery. And when I did an interview with her and I was barely keeping my shit together, like I was like tearing up and getting emotional because her books were for me what Sanctuary Moon is for Murderbot in the series. Like, fuck all of this. I'm going to go watch media. Okay, fuck all of this. I'm going to go read Murderbot. Like, it was such, it was much like Medieval Whales. Now I want to cross over with Murderbot and Cadfile solving crimes. You need to start writing fan fiction, clearly. <laughs> Do you think there, okay, have I stumbled upon a piece of fan fiction that hasn't been written yet? Uh... I, I think there's a solid chance. Oh my gosh! I feel like like I have chills. I, you could you could dominate this very <gasps> currently non-existent corner. <laughs> Murderbot CAD file solving. Cr- oh my god! Okay, I have. I'm very excited now. I have to start pondering this. And the other author that I discovered, who is a new author, this was their first book. So I'm not late. Yay. <laughs> I'm really proud of me for not being late. Was Natalie Zena Walshots and Hench. Hench was so good. Like it was so good. I made my husband read it. it. And I never do that. It was so good. She's so mad. And she's so good at getting cold calculated revenge on people who she's told are the good guys who are not the good guys. Also very cathartic and satisfying. So I suck. I have three, but those are my three. <laughs> Tara, what question did you bring? Um, so the question that I brought is what book or we'll just open it to any media. Cause I know we're all at different reading experiences this year. What had you hoped to enjoy 
And it just like thrilled you beyond your wildest dreams. Oh, what a good question. I'm scrolling through my reading list again. Do you want me to go first while you're all choosing? Yes, please. Um, So the one for me was Who We Could Be by Chelsea Cameron, who is one of my favorite, like they're just one of my favorite FF authors because I know that I'm going to get something with no angst and you know, just good chemistry. And this book was, or is, I suppose it still is an Anne of Green Gables reinterpretation. And I haven't read Anne of Green Gables since I was in grade six. I devoured the series. I devoured the TV series. It just was all like, it spoke to my little 11 year old heart so much. And I started reading this book and I was like, Oh my God. Like it just captures the spirit so beautifully, but it also like the way the friends to lovers works in it alongside both of them coming out and figuring out that they're lesbians is so beautifully done. It's like, there's just so much love in this book and there's no tension between them and it doesn't matter because all the tension is around figuring out their sexuality and I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. I was like, well, Shana, you have to read this right now. Go read it right now. And then I went to, <laughs> I was like, you have to read this. <laughs> I have to talk to somebody about this because I love it so much. And it just, I already knew, I, like, I figured I would like it because I like her books. But, like, that was just the one for me that was, oh, oh, thank you. What a, what a gift out Aww. of nowhere. Isn't it wonderful when you read something that's inspired by something that hits you in the exact same spot as the original? Yes. Yes, it's so like it's so good and I didn't go into that aspect of it with a lot of expectations, but it was exactly as I would imagine Anne would be as a 20 something at this point and exactly as I would imagine Diana would be. The funny thing is when I was writing my review, I kept typing and deleting Diana cuz it was like that's not her name. <laughs> she this character has a different name than that. <laughs> And when you get to read something written by someone who has that same degree of affection and fluency in the thing that they are paying tribute to, it's like, uh, it's like a hug, right? It is. It's so nice. And I mean, especially when there's so like, there are a lot of reinterpretations of say like Pride and Prejudice where you read it and you're like, "Mm -hmm, I would call the relation to this tenuous at best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Their, Their name is Darcy. That doesn't really carry much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Ellen, do you have an answer for this question? This is a hard question. It's a I, good question. I do, I do have an answer. So um a a manga that came out, the first volume came out in February that I was very excited for was called My Androgynous Boyfriend. Oh. And I was not an artist I was familiar with. Um, But the premise is basically like domestic slice of life between career woman and her beautiful Instagram influencer boyfriend. Um, So I was like, this sounds like it could be very delightful. Um, Then when I finally read it, um, which was during the quarantines, the quarantines had started. It was just so delightful and sweet and like warm and affirming that I just like, I just loved it so much. It was like everything that I dreamed it would be like, and more. Um, There's just something so, there's just something so like sweet and nice about like seeing this just really like strong, powerful relationship where like people like, so there's of course like an element, uh, like a strong element of kind of like gender nonconformity and like but that's never like the focus of the story like it's just like a thing that kind of like is and that people like primarily just like accept um and there's never in like people don't like question like how these two people could like be in a relationship with each other um it's just really it's really nice it's it's very sweet that sounds so good sounds so lovely so i picked up daring in the duke um by Sarah McLean exactly when I needed it because that book is one long gravel and she literally <laughs> it's all it is it's just a gravel and 
also she runs like an underground fight club and beats the guy up because he he has it coming like all of my rage and despair like that was that was the right book for 2020 (laughs) a really nice long fight scene where some guy who has it coming gets the crap punched out of him yeah yeah pretty much i mean that sounds really good to me i like this plan i like that a lot yeah right (laughs) I think for me, um, in addition to Martha Wells, and because I've never been a, sec- a science fiction reader, I've never been super into science fiction. And this year I read a whole bunch of books set in space. I read Murderbot. I read A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. I read Mind Touch. I read all of this um, different space books that were recommended to me. I was never much of a science fiction reader. I'm not familiar with the tropes. I'm not familiar with the with the, with the major themes, like I can sort of see them after the, after the fact. And then when I learn their names, I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I know nothing. I I know Zippo about this whole genre world, but I really like it. So in addition to just discovering how much I like space set science fiction and specific tropes inside it and how much I loved Murderbot, I also loved reading the, the Penrick series by Lois McMaster Bujold because Penrick is going to win by consistently being kind. And he just wants to be competent and kind. And he accidentally acquires a demon that is one of the most powerful demons. And it is this massive, massive force inside his body. It like lives in him. And he makes friends with it. Because why not? And the demon is like, I don't even know what to do with you. What what do I do with this? And Penrick is consistently determined, despite being so incredibly powerful, to be kind. And because Lois McMaster Bujold is so good at character, he's got 13 different individuals inside this demon. Because as each dime, as each person carries the demon, the demon takes an imprint of their personality and carries it forward. So it's one demon having had 13 different people that it's lived in prior to that. So he's got like a chorus of 13 women in his head, which is awesome. But he's determined to be kind throughout it, despite being incredibly powerful. And he's a, you know, he's a bit of a dingus sometimes, which is really adorable. (laughs) And that, like the more I read it, the more I was like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. Somebody who's powerful and kind. What a loyalty. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing you come across often. <laughs> no, not lately. So is there anything you're looking forward to reading or reading right now that you want to talk about? The uh, second book in the Strange Love series comes out January. So I'm excited for that. Awesome. Hey, there's going to be a 2021, I hear. <laughs> Sometime in, <laughs> in, in the next decade, there will be a new year. Will there? I mean, I, I think so. We're getting pretty close. We're getting very close. There's, there's some, you know, cautious hope in my world, like just a slight a bit of optimism that 2020 won't last forever. Yeah, I actually just finished Take a hint, Eve Brown, or no, take a hint, Danny Brown. I'm getting the Brown sisters mixed There's up. There's a lot of Browns, I get it. Um, yesterday, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm definitely excited for the next book in the series. And you just said you weren't much of a contemporary reader, and that's like dead center contemporary tropes. I mean, like I said, it's, it's 2020. It's yeah. in a contemporary in a new way. Anything goes, right? Yeah. Awesome. What are you looking forward to, Tara? I'm looking forward to a book. Uh, it's a debut that's coming out in February, and it's called Honey Girl. And I feel really bad that I forget the author's name because it's a debut. Um, but it's supposed to be women's fiction and not specifically like a lesbian romance. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that because Harlequin is put, putting it out. I believe they're the publisher for it. Right. See, your face that you just made was kind of... Well, my heart made and I was like I'll give it a try I'll see what happens I mean frankly I'm just excited that this year there were actually large mainstream romance publishers putting out lesbian romance that was like yeah. a holy shit moment that I hope the FF writers are paying attention to because before now it's really been this tiny walled garden we're gonna be our own little city over here we're gonna <laughs> publish all the things to each other and it's like no no, no there's all these readers out here <laughs> find them <laughs> They want to read your books too. So um, I'm hopeful 
that if the large publishers continue doing that, then we'll start to see more and better things. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the books that were published were, 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 were really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like written in the stars is probably one of my favorite books this year. It's not like the very, very top of my list, but like it's in my top 10 for sure. And it's so freaking cute. The only thing it needed was an epilogue. Like, wow. It was very good. Isn't it lovely when you get to see something sort of expand and grow that way? I remember the first time I saw, um, what is that? It's going to be embarrassing. I forget the name, but Olivia Waite, the first book in the feminine pursuits. Um, when, when I saw the cover of that book, I was ready to cry because it was like all of my mom's covers when I was growing up, but there were two women on it. Yep. It was unbelievable. Isn't it the loveliest feeling? Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, yay, something right. Yes, yes, yes. 2020 was a good year for that. There was like, oh, 2020 was a hot can of garbage, but there were like a few pockets of really lovely things. And for me, that was one of them. That's definitely one of them. I think the book I'm looking forward to reading most is called Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sutanto. I have been told by three separate people that this book made them laugh until they cried. And the thing that I am drawn to about this is that these three people are very different. And so if they are all laughing, there's a very good chance that the humor will be like dead center of my sense of humor. Um, and it's, and it's, it's rare to have something tailored so specifically to my, to my interests and my tastes, but there's a mystery and there's family and there's food and there's shenanigans. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. And like, like you said, Ellen, I have this sort of, okay anxiety about reading this new book like what if what if it doesn't measure up what if it's not what I expected but I'm really looking forward to it that sounds awesome I know I'm really excited is it out already no it is out uh, unless the date moves it is out April 2021 all right yeah but arcs have gone out because publishing is is just a hot mess right now in terms of when is a thing coming out we have no idea anymore Mm-hmm. the dates just move we don't know yeah well thank you guys so much for doing this thanks for having us i hope i can do more of these in the coming year because it's nice to sort of gather especially when we're like okay planning the time zones was a little challenging because i had australia <laughs> taiwan west coast calgary chicago wisconsin me and then there's south africa <laughs> and the uk and i was like listen i'm not good at math this is a really bad idea to have me do this I'll be like, let's do it this time. That's 4 a.m. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Oh, another thing that I am looking forward to, I will say, I am deeply curious about the Bridgerton series on Netflix. Same. Yeah? Same. Like, it's like, I feel like I have to at least give it a try, but I'm kind of afraid. Yeah. I, I was invited to a fan event a week or two ago. Okay, there were 980 people on this Zoom call. What? 900. And it was like a Netflix event. It was global. There were people from all over. The host from Entertainment Weekly was in LA and the showrunner was in LA. And then they had the actors and actresses from the UK. They were coming in in groups. And it was like, first of all, it was the most technically sophisticated Zoom I've ever seen. It was like, these two people came in and then these two people left. And then they showed a clip and then they brought two other people. And they had all these people in different sets coming in. And I was like, wow, whoever's doing the behind the scenes tech deserves a case of alcohol. This is amazing. But I, I was sort of like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, all right, that's fine. But the actors were so charming. And the way they were talking about their roles made me curious to see them do them. Plus the clips, especially the clips of um, the friendships between Eloise and Penelope. I'm really curious now. I'm very curious. And I'm Jewish. I've got nothing I need to be doing on December 25th. I can't go to a movie and we'll get Chinese at like four in the afternoon because all the takeout places get backed up. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. That's fine. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's coming out the same day as Wonder Woman too. So that's going to be. Oh, what a Ooh. good day. Yeah. What a good day for us to be on the couch, which oh, is yeah. been all year, pretty much. All year. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Ellen and Elise and Tara for hanging out with me. Next week, I will be connecting with Catherine Heloise in Australia, Sneezy in Taiwan, and Maya in California, because people should really trust me with time zone math, right? I mean, that's that's going to end well for everyone, of course. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the books that got us through 2020 and the other things that got us through 2020 and what we're looking forward to in 2021 for the next couple of weeks with eight different groups of smart bitches writers. I hope you'll tune in and join us and I hope you enjoy these episodes. If you would like to tell us what got you through, we would love to hear it. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. They both end up in the same place and I would love to hear from you. This episode was brought to you in part by Headspace. Headspace is a daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever your situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you are feeling overwhelmed, they have three-minute SOS meditations just for you. If you like the motivation of being with a group, they have group meditations and the app will remind you to join in. If you need help falling asleep, Headspace can help with that too. Amanda particularly loves the sleeping and falling asleep ones. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, I love that part, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I honestly look forward to my session every day, and I have tried to create a meditation habit before several times, and I have not been able to stick to it. And I'm not sure why this app is the one that's working, but I can tell you I am very grateful for it. I can tell that I am calmer, that I'm more relaxed, that I'm better able to handle each day, and also encounter and savor specific moments to enjoy them while they're happening. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you, on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Sarah. That's headspace.com slash S-A-R-A-H for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. That is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash Sarah today. As always, I end with a terrible joke. And this year, my husband and I are telling each other jokes for some of the nights of Hanukkah, so I've got an extra good supply now. (laughs) What language do doctors curse in? Give up. What language do doctors curse in? Ibuprofen. (laughs) It's so silly. I love it. (laughs) Ibuprofen. (laughs) On behalf of everyone here, We wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, a safe and very easy and delicious holiday season. We'll see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding shows to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts.